So I got a, I felt a bit abandoned. I did feel a bit like, mm. oh, why me? Felt sorry for myself. I got really angry. I became a bit of an angry teenager, <laughs> explosive uh-huh. teenager. Hi, this is Thomas Watson, the host of the Teenage Impact Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and specific strategies on how you as a teenage kid can overcome any adversity in your life, whether it's mental health challenges, challenges in your school, relationships, at home, whatever it is. I interview people from all around the world who are going through these struggles or have gone through these struggles and how you can too. If you haven't done so, click on the link in the description and download my free ebook. It's only 20 pages long. It's called The 52 Tips I Wish Someone Told Me in High School. And these are tips I talk about from anywhere from mental health to school, to career, to relationships. So go check it out. It should be only 30 minutes to an hour read. and can totally change your life. If you have a friend, if you have a classmate, if you have a family member who's in this funk, go tell them and share the teenage podcast with them because I guarantee you it's the best podcast out there for any teen to listen to because it can we really dig deep on mental health challenges and what you can do to overcome them. Today's podcast guest is Yvette Misaka. She is the founder of a blog called She is Sacred. She's a blogger, she's an influencer, she's a mother, and she is a wife. She inspires women from all around the world, empowering them to get over their mental health struggles. Today, we're going to be talking about how she dealt with her parents' divorce at 14, how she overcame her eating disorder at 16, and how she dealt with her grandfather's loss, which was more like a father figure to her at the age of 16. So give it up for Yvette Mistakas on how you can overcome those struggles. I have Yvette from Sydney, Australia here, and I'm so glad uh, she's with me. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Well, we are recording this. Well, it's Sunday evening for me, but Monday Monday morning for her. So it's, it's a 15, 16 hour difference. Let's talk about how I know you, you, your parents went through a divorce at an early age and tell us a little bit about that and how it affected you. So I was 14 when they divorced and it, it was, it wasn't that hard for me when they finally divorced. It was more of a relief. I just thought, Oh, thank God that they've, finally going on their separate paths because their relationship was was just an absolute horror for me in the in the last five or six years of their marriage I saw so much pain and so much hurt that they what they did to each other that in the end they were living like housemates just treating each other like friends and I'm the eldest of three girls so for me just to witness their their marriage fall apart it was a bit more like when are they going to just put this relationship out of misery and move on whereas for my sisters it affected them a lot more because they missed out on seeing all the Mm -hmm. the fighting the squabbling the arguments over money and just other things most of it was money sadly that's where a lot of relationships do fall Mm -hmm. apart a money thing um and I think they just fallen out of love like I could just see I could just see each milestone of their 
of, of each, of, of, of the fall, of the descending of it. And it was just very heartbreaking to see. I guess I just used to just wonder, gosh, is this what marriage is all about? Because they met when they were 18 and then wow. got married at 21 and had me at 21. I So 15 years of marriage, yeah. Happy. Yeah, they were so happy. And then I don't know what happened. And I guess I'll never really know mm-hmm. because my mum doesn't want to talk about it. My dad is a very private person. He's got that kind of mentality where, you know, he's moved on. It was just very hard just to see, I guess, some a couple so happy that then went through a massive part and couldn't get out of it. Yeah. I think that was probably more painful for me, the process of their relationship falling to bits rather than the actual divorce. But then once they divorced, it took them a long time to speak, to get, like, for them to speak, to talk. My mum was very, very hurt. Uh-huh. She very badly about my father to me and then I didn't want to know it. My father stopped talking to me for a couple of years and I just didn't know why. And I think my mum just spoke really harshly to him to the point where I think he just kind of stepped away from the whole situation. Uh Back then in my late teens when they were doing these kind of, I don't know if it was like manipulation or mind games, it was just like I was really angry with both of them. I think I I can just see why they they did what they did Uh and how they dealt with it. But yeah, it was really, um, it was really sad. I guess, um, I guess coming from a European background, you don't really divorce. Like it's very, it's a bit of a taboo thing. You either sort it out because if you don't, you're going to not only be betraying your partner, but betraying God. Mm-hmm. So it's very, that's very embedded. Like, and in in I think that Euro- European mentality, and also if you divorce. What are the what are you what are, what what's the community going to think of this? What's, yeah. What, you know, <laughs> yeah. My, my friends and family. Very, we have a very similar background where it's it's really looked down upon. But how did how did well not the divorce specifically, but how did their arguments affect you? And then once they did divorce and your dad stopped talking to you, what happened? How did that affect you? I was really upset, like with the arguments as a girl as well as a teenager. Mm-hmm. It was pretty sad. Like it was just frustrating. It was really um, like, oh, here we go again, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was just um, always over the same things. But then it was just to a point where they really just stopped talking to each other. And then um. As in my late teens, it just, I got, I was really just hurt. I got really hurt. I'm not, I'm just not sure why. I think, I just don't think I, I remember why it happened, why it all happened. I kind of blocked it out. Mm-hmm. It was just so sad because I see other friends who, um, whose parents are divorced and their parents have just been, always been there for them. Whether or not the parents speak, the parents have always been a hundred percent there. So I got a, I felt a bit abandoned. I did feel a bit 
like, mm -hmm. mm, why me? Felt sorry for myself. I got really angry. I became a bit of an angry teenager, <laughs> explosive uh -huh. teenager. Now just looking back, yeah, I think it's that, that sense of abandonment it, that it should have not happened. When you felt abandoned, were there things that you did later on in life because of that one situation or how you felt back when you were 14, 15 years old? Um, I didn't really get in trouble at school. Mm -hmm. I didn't put effort into my work. I, um, I kind of didn't really care. Mm -hmm. When I was 17, my grandfather passed away. I, I, I watched him pass away with my family. He had, um, he had brain, a brain tumor and he, was very sick and that happened before my um, trial exams for my final year of school mm -hmm. and I think with that happening I didn't care anymore about life like life wasn't there wasn't really that many much meaning in life for me mm -hmm. because I was just my grandfather I was like he was like a father to me and we were so close because I was the eldest grandchild on my mum's side so it was my mum's grand uh, my mum's dad that passed away and I was very very close to him like even though it's been almost 18 years I still it still feels like yesterday mm -hmm. I watched him pass away and I just felt like my whole world crashed my faith crashed everything and I was just like oh what's the point in doing well with my exams if I'm just going to die so I kind of just and I wasn't present at like at school or in front of my friends. So I did my exam. I didn't do very well in them all. But when I sat my actual finals, I actually did a bit better because I had that time in during my grief to go, hang on, my grandfather would be proud of me if I just made an effort. And that was a lot better. And then I kind of felt with all the hard I was going through in my teens, he was uh, he, oh, like, he from 17 onwards, I felt like he was like guiding me and he was like my guardian. Mm -hmm. I had that sense of hope and strength from him when going through everything I've been through in my teens. But I guess um, when I was 15, I started getting very, 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 very fussy and picky on my body image. Okay. I don't know if the result of my parents' divorce. I don't know if it's because of my boyfriend at the time that was a gym junkie and he mm -hmm. was focusing on body image. And I started going to the gym with him and then I started to look in my Vogue magazines and it's like, oh, I wish I had that five two, sorry, size two body like that model. Mm -hmm. Back then we didn't have Instagram or social media with all these fitspo and size zero bodies it was just the vogue and cosmo magazines that were i guess my inspiration and i started cutting out pictures of these bony skinny catwalk models putting them on my walls like my inspiration board you could say and i really strived just to look like them i started cutting out certain foods like i just remember i'd be up in the morning at five o'clock, do a workout. I might have had just maybe 
don't know, a cup of milk or a cup of water before school. And you said you're and bulimic too. And um... that was the next thing. Like I started to like just eat, I was just eating salads and maybe uh-huh. soup, which is crazy for a 15 year old. Like yeah. I'd do another workout after school and then another workout before bed. And then I started feeling guilty for eating the food. So I started getting food. I was so skinny at one stage, but no one knew because I was, because I'm, I'm quite tall. I'm about five feet seven. Uh-huh. I'm about that height as a teen. I think I went down to 49, 50 kilos, which is really tiny for my height. But because I was wearing baggy jeans, baggy sweaters, uh-huh. Anything to, um, so no one would pick on me going, oh, you're too skinny. And it just became a part of my lifestyle for a bit until my family was like, you better start eating. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to go into hospital and you're going to be on a drip and you're going to be with like other sick women dying of anorexia and bulimia. And I just, kind of like they started showing me pictures and I was like oh I better start eating Mm -hmm. I mean I started to not that much but it was really um really sad what was that click where you said you know what I'm going to start making an effort to get better and what did you do to get better I dumped my boyfriend Uh (laughs) (laughs) because he was just not right for me yeah and I'm just so glad I did because I heard rumors that he was taking steroids. Uh-huh. And it's like, gosh, imagine falling into that trap. Yeah. And I just started um, loving myself a bit. I mean, it wasn't that much, but just a little bit like, mm, I really should start eating. Mm-hmm. But I was very thin for quite a few years, like mm-hmm. until I met my husband and then. I was very thin, like always like quite lean. And I think I just started, I thought oh, I better just um, make an effort because this is not my, what my grandfather would have wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I've interviewed a couple of people that they went through the same thing. Uh, what tips would you have for someone who's going through the same thing? Going through bulimia? Yes. Oh gosh. It's just, it's just so hard, I think, because it is a mental illness. It's body dysmorphia mm-hmm. and it's OCD. It has to be OCD as well, mm-hmm. compulsive disorder. I think it's more so us reaching out to someone if they're struggling, seeing if they're okay, taking them out for a coffee, for, a, you know, something to eat mm-hmm. and get them in a good place and see if they're okay and be a friend to them because it's very hard it's because even I'm, I'm almost 35 and I still look in the mirror sometimes going, oh, look at this. <laughs> Got lose my oh, yeah. my hips. Oh, my face. Like, <laughs> and it's instead of doing that, try and change your mindset. I, I, I normally do an affirmation in the morning when I look in the mirror now. That's what's really helped me. Like, uh-huh. I don't say oh, I'm beautiful, but I'll say I'm worthy. I'm, I'm sacred. How lucky am I to have this body that God gave me? I am unique. I am, and I, sometimes, I look at myself sometimes going, I'm never going to be that size 
nothing that I was before. I'm never going to have that, that fit washboard body I used to as a teenager. But I've got a heart, a really good mm-hmm. heart. I'm so thankful of that. And then I've got an eight-year-old son. I don't want him to get obsessed with his body, which most of them do. <laughs> Every time I go to the gym, <laughs> they're, they're all there, all the 17-year-olds, you know, at 7.30 yeah. at night. And it's just like, oh, don't get caught up in yeah image because what we see on, on social media is just is that perfect angle perfect lighting because in that split second you turn and all the shadows come <laughs> everything is fine you know exactly. I mean, and, and body image is huge because you know i have a lot of friends who go through the same thing it's tough because um not only because of social media but family mm-hmm. friends you you have you know all these different parties family gatherings and you're always thinking about uh, should I eat this or should I not eat this? And you're always questioning, like, uh, both girls and guys do the same thing because not saying that, you know, diet is bad because I think to a certain extent diet is good, but oh, it can't, in my opinion, I feel like as long as you're comfortable with your body and you're always, you're enjoying the process along the way versus torturing yourself. Absolutely. Like my like my husband and I, we've we've like we want to get healthier and it's not just to look better, it's just there are a lot of factors that come in at them mm-hmm. older you get with more problems and health mm-hmm. problems and we go, oh, you know, we don't wanna be, you know, <laughs> with a walking stick in fifteen years time because we just look after ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know about in in where you live in Philly, but in Sydney they're becoming very health conscious because there's just so much crap in our foods, and it's a good. It's probably a good thing to be mindful of that, just mm-hmm. just so we can be a bit healthier. And then I don't go hardcore at the gym like I used to anymore. Mm-hmm. Just I like to go for an hour on the bike a few days mm-hmm. a week, maybe do a bit of yoga, Pilates done i'm not going to go crazy mm-hmm. that's not that's not living a happy and good life what do you think is a good balance between living a healthy lifestyle eating the right foods exercising and not thinking and not dwelling too much over it i think it's just finding a diet that's right for you like my diet might not be what you would like Personally, I love the Mediterranean diet. I love Greek salads. I mm. love pomegranate. I love watermelon figs. I love seafood. But you might not like that. Well, I know my husband will not like the seafood. He doesn't eat seafood. So he mm. will have a bit of lamb or chicken or something. So, And then I just think being having a good laugh every day is just oh so good. I love meditating because I've got, I've suffered from depression and anxiety. So I love to do those meditations morning and night, just clears my mind. I get a bit more clarity. I don't have like a thousand thoughts in my head. I love reading. Mm-hmm. Just to such a, I love to read a really good classic literature novel, something that's enriching. I think anything, if anyone reads a book, 
then I think it's great. Just getting outside in nature. I love going to the into my garden. I love going to the beach. It's just yeah. I think it's, um, it's an all around thing. It's not just to do with diet, but it's to do with your health overall. I think so because when you're happy and you have got a, a good diet, well, then it's okay to have the treats every now and then, isn't mm. it? I think yeah. when you start restricting yourself. Oh, I can't eat that. I'm on a diet today. Oh, I'm watching my calories. Mm-hmm. Well, if you keep doing that for a bit, you're just going to binge eventually. And then yeah. you start feeling sick. Then you start feeling sorry for yourself. And then you start giving yourself the hate talk. Mm-hmm. And it's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. And that's not healthy. Let's go back to when, you know, your grandfather passed away mm-hmm. and you're trying to cope with it. What were some ways, what are the best ways to cope with the loss of a loved one? Best way, I I got a bit of counselling. Okay. I, I had counselling because I just was not coping. I really spent time with my family. I, I found that really helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Celebrating his life, you know, never leaving him out of a conversation. Mm-hmm. I still do that to this day. I still mm-hmm. keep him in conversation. And because I've got my eight-year-old boy, I still show him photos of him, even though he never met his great-grandfather. I always talk about him, mm-hmm. the thing he did for me. And I was very, very fortunate we got to go to um, my grandfather's country last year. It was my first time ever mm-hmm. going to Croatia. Yeah. Croatia, okay. Yeah, yeah. We went to his um, village on an island and, oh, my gosh, like that was just so healing for me and just to, to to proudly show my son this is this is where it all began mm-hmm. and how beautiful is this island it's paradise yeah. and then he got to you know meet his family and my uh-huh. family that's amazing the ones I haven't met yet but I just think um like every time we go to church I always make sure I light a candle for like my in-laws that have passed uh-huh. away and always for my grandfather. Uh-huh. My son does that automatically. When we go to church, he lights three candles for, for them. I just think it's so important because I just don't want, I don't want him to be forgotten, not like he would, but it's, it heals me doing all those things. All these years have just really helped me cope. It's interesting because on one end, you uh, there's people who say, oh, you should forget about it, you know, just move on. But then on your end, you're saying, you know, you cope best when you actually remember him, remember a part of him and his legacy and what he would do. And that's your way of coping. Mm. It's very it's interesting. Just, yeah. Because my husband never met him. Mm-hmm. I never met his father because his father passed away at mm-hmm. eight, 17, I think 17. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like we had something in common. My grandfather's my father figure and then his father passing away. So that when we were getting to know each other, when we started dating, it was just crazy because my grandfather and his dad have so much in common, like mm-hmm. really similar personality. And I think we just felt at peace after having that talk and it's just like oh gosh someone gets it (laughs) you know just someone gets it yeah 
Absolutely. What would you tell to a struggling 16, 17-year-old right now? Maybe parents going through a divorce or they're um, trying to overcome an eating disorder or maybe a loved one passing away. Don't be afraid to talk about it with your friends Mm -hmm. because you're going to find with your friends there's going to be at least two to three people that have gone through it or going through Mm -hmm. it. So when I was going through it, I have friends who have already gone through it when they were like four or five. Yeah. And I have friends that were already like went through it in their early teens or people just going through it. And it's just don't be afraid to go, oh gosh, my parents are going through, mum and dad are going through a divorce. I'm struggling because there's going to be someone there, but be sure to tell the right people. Mm -hmm. Tell the right people you don't want to end up doing drugs or drinking like or finding some addiction that will just ruin you mm-hmm. over because that can happen I've seen it so many times i'm sure you have mm-hmm. too and um also don't let their divorce define your path your journey in life just because it has happened to them it does not mean it will happen to you because I used Absolutely. to get scared thinking, oh, gosh, no one's going to love me because my parents have been divorced. Am I going to carry that burden if I get married? It hasn't happened. I've been married for nine years and mm-hmm. together with my husband for, I think it's 13 years this year. Yeah, 13 years together. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, and we've gone through massive parts. Like, uh-huh. oh, my God. Yeah. Big tests. Uh-huh. And we've gone, we've gone through it. Thank heavens. Yes. So, yeah, don't let don't let your parents' divorce define you. It it's that that's that's their life. That's their journey. Yeah. You have your own unique journey to walk on. That's powerful because you know a lot of times I've interviewed a lot of people, and a lot of them go. Th- you th- you actually didn't have a hard time with your parents' divorce. But a lot of people do, and they actually go through, like you said, the drugs, the alcohol, the wrong path, rebelling, because they just don't understand. What we don't realize is, as a kid, we don't realize that the parents also going through their own journey. You only think about yourself. You internalize a parent's divorce as, and you blame yourself. But when you, when you realize that it's their own journey, and the, their divorce has nothing to do with you. Um, exactly. That's, that's how you can move on. And and how it all goes to be, whether your mum and dad, they cheated on each other or abused each other mm-hmm. or gambled or mm-hmm. something big, that's not a reflection on you. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. not a reflection on you. Someone going through an eating disorder, well, when I had my son, I, had, I got diagnosed with severe um, postpartum depression and anxiety I ended up actually in a psychiatric ward I think with all my hardships over the years I think I just it just because I internalize it a lot it just I, I went through a massive rock that was my rock bottom it wasn't my parents divorce it wasn't my eating disorder I even before I met my husband I was in an abusive relationship yeah it was <laughs> I became a parent and I just split two years into being a parent when I was in the psychiatric ward, 
I met a girl, one, another patient in my ward. She was about 17. Wow. She was anorexic and bulimic. She was hooked up to tubes. She had a drip that she had to carry around with her throughout the, um, the ward. When mm-hmm. it was, her mum was there visiting because this girl was from like the countryside in New South Wales and her mum was there to look after her as well. Yeah, at breakfast, lunch and tea. Her mum was there and I think one or two nurses were there to monitor her eat, to eat. It was so sad. Wow. It was just so sad. And then one day she sat next to me because she'd always look at me and I'd smile and say hello, (laughs) but I was in my own world, so was she, all pumped up with medication. And one evening she came and talked to me and and, um, we just started talking about, like, like why we're here and mm-hmm. and I said to her look I'm so sorry with everything you're going through I mean I t- that I told her my story I said I went through bulimia and anorexia at your age and just a little bit younger and I got through it but it was so hard and I said I, I-, I really feel for you with everything you're going through because if I was a teen in when was it 2014 gosh I think I probably went, would have went through hardcore bulimia and anorexia. So social media is just so yeah. warped. And she completely agreed with me. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what is this girl going through? What are her demons? And even when I got discharged, she actually gave me the biggest hug and thanked me for everything. And I was like, wow. <laughs> it was just, oh, my gosh, like I pray she's still alive because, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Oh, she she looked like a skeleton. Yeah. Just, it was such, it was like a mirror. Me looking into a mirror at my 17-year-old self when I was talking to her. And that was just so crazy and so confronting. And it was definitely, it was definitely um, a way of me confronting my past, getting through my PPD. It was just really, just definitely a testament to say that you've got to get through this. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, a teenager going through an eating disorder, my advice is go to your Instagram or go to your Facebook page, unfollow people, unlike pages that make you start questioning your worth. Wow. If you look at a page and go, oh, my gosh, she is perfect, she's skinny, she, look at, you know, how tiny her waist is. If, and if that's starting to make you feel bad about yourself, click on follow or wow. click on like. You're the you first person do- who gave that advice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, I think it's the only way to, to just because it's that out of mind, out of sight kind out of. Out of sight, out of mind, yeah. philosophy where if it's not there to see then it doesn't exist Mm -hmm. and follow people that inspire you that truly inspire you find a mentor that i really recommend finding a mentor at least someone that's 20 to 30 years older than you someone that has lived through a bit of life and that will Mm -hmm. be there for you if you need to pick up the phone and talk to someone i am so grateful i've got a couple of people that are in their 50s and 60s that give me 
a lot of advice and keep me grounded because I do like to sometimes tip over when I've got a bit of anxiety or doubt. Mm-hmm. When, and another thing is when, when you're going to the gym and you're going to do a two-hour workout, which is what I used to do as a kid, are you doing that just to lose that five kilos or are you doing that so you can feel happy and fit and comfortable within yourself? If you're doing it for two hours, really ask yourself, is it really worth it? Is it really worth doing that? Is it really worth starving yourself for a few days only to go on an alcohol liquid diet for the weekend? You can actually (laughs) crank out a great workout for 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah, just do a great high intensity. Yeah, high intensity. Don't do a grueling two-hour workout. Oh my gosh, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I kind of did that too a little bit when I was younger. I used to, you know, want to gain weight. Actually, I used to want to gain weight. So I would go work out, and I realized I didn't have a good workout, and I would try to work out more. Yeah, you're stressed. You go, oh, that wasn't good enough. I didn't burn enough calories or am I looking a bit rich or, you know, just there's all that playing Mm -hmm. in your head. Yeah. There's some amazing, inspiring people out there. It depends on what you want to do. I mean, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is an amazing, amazing fitness guru. Mm -hmm. But then there's amazing um, yoga teachers out there. There are some amazing, oh, gosh. Like, depending on what sport you like too, there's just some amazing people. Um, yeah, absolutely. Gosh, is it or is it your is it your Pilates teacher at your gym? Is that your inspiration? I mean, it doesn't have to be anyone famous. Yeah. Or is it your best friend that you can go for a walk with? So find your inspiration. Yeah, but a, a good one. Mm-hmm. A good one. Don't 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 have a, one of those people that on there that change their filters that actually use those um, apps to trim them down, the cells down, take yeah. the cellular. That's not, that's not realistic. Mm-hmm. That's you got to do something that's realistic. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Yvette, where can people find you? So you can find me on Instagram. Okay. If you just, Yvette Mastakis. You can find me on Facebook, which is Yvette Mastakis. And then there's a dash. Okay. And be sacred. That's then, my page. And that's your what? My Facebook page. Facebook page. Okay. And I'll also include that in the link. I'll also include that in the description as well. Awesome. Perfect. I, I, I really do appreciate you doing this. Um sure that you're gonna provide you provide a lot of tons of value. You actually first first I interviewed from Australia, so that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Oh, it's been an absolute honour. Thank uh-huh. you. And I just also want all of you to know that you're not alone. Uh-huh. As long as... Absolutely. It, it's, it can get very isolating when, you know, you're buried in your own thoughts and mind. But you're not alone. There's so many people mm-hmm. that have talked to you, support you and love you. So just remember that. Great. Thank you, Yvette, and I really hope you have a, a phenomenal week. It's I don't know when everyone is listening to, but it's, it's recorded on a Monday morning in Australia. So have good a good morning. day. <laughs> I have three takeaways from interviewing Yvette Mistakas. First takeaway is on how to deal with your parents' divorce. You know, a lot of times 
Uh, Yvette mentioned that a lot of times when our parents get divorced, we blame ourselves. And then we get into the wrong crowd. We get into alcohol. We get into drugs. But we have to realize that our parents also have their own journey in life. When a man and a woman are not meant to be together, they're not meant to be together. Their divorce has really nothing to do with you. They let them have their own journey in life because they're having their own struggles they're dealing with. So you have to learn how to separate their divorce from your own journey because you have your own journey. So number two takeaway is based off of Yvette's eating disorder. She brought up a great point on if you're following supermodels, if you're following fitness models, if you're following someone where it's supposed to inspire you, but instead you feel discouraged because when you look at your body and when you look at their body, you work 10 times harder and you feel discouraged, you feel depressed by looking at yourself. If you feel that way and you develop an eating disorder and unhealthy um, love for food, then I would go ahead unfollow all those pages, defriend those people, whatever you need to do, because then you, that those pages are not in front of you. And then you can go on your own fitness journey and your own health journey. And the third takeaway is how to deal with a loss of a loved one. Many times what we do to deal with a loss of a loved one is try to forget about them. But instead of forgetting about them, Yvette recommends that we embrace the memories of them, how she coped with the loss of her grandfather is up until this day, almost 20 years later, she still likes her candle for her grandfather. She still remembers her grandfather. She went to her grandfather's country and where he came from and met some of the extended family members. She tells stories to her son about her grandfather. She kept her grandfather in her spirits and in her memories. And that's one way to deal with it instead of forgetting about them. Hope you enjoyed this interview with Yvette. Um, if you haven't done so, please follow me on Instagram, Ash Thomas Olson. It's going to be in the description. I share stories, tips and strategies, and shorter bits on how to overcome certain mental health challenges. You can also see a little bit more of a personal touch from my own life. So go ahead, follow Ash Thomas Olson on Instagram. And until next time, peace.